Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipped, wrecked, and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Hello, Smegheads. My name's Jed Shepard. And I'm Dana Phillips. Thanks very much for joining us once again for the premiere Red Dwarf podcast, which is called... Smegheads, the, the Red, Red Dwarf, Dwarf podcast. podcast. Yeah, and hopefully uh, you've joined us in this little journey through the greatest <laughs> series of Red Dwarf We're ever. going on a journey. This is Come a real journey. Come on board, journey. you're all welcome. You know when sometimes they say it's not the end, it's the journey that matters? Yeah. No, the end matters here. I, I think the end, yeah. I can't sort of go home. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got... Can't take any more. Yeah. We need two, two, two from the end, Daniel. It's not too bad. We can do this. We can do this. Pe- people have liked our our journey through season seven so I far. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. We've been getting some good feedback on Twitter. So let's see what uh, they think about um, our take on episode seven. Now, straight away, I when I watched this for the first time, I remember thinking this was a bit of a highlight in series seven. No. Really? Yeah. And the reason why is, I think, because this episode reminded me of the glory days of Talkie Toaster. Because Epidemic okay. in, in this okay. is basically Talkie Toaster. Same accent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it made me think of like a local radio station. Which is what Talkie Toaster was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's Talkie Toaster without the toast and more kind of death and uh, i thought it was okay but it was one of the poor episodes you think so okay this is where we're going to definitely differ because i thought i I quite like this one um so here is this is the seventh episode of series eight of uh, series seven sorry episode seven series seven god my mind's gone my mind's absolutely (laughs) gone i'm drinking i'm down in lucas like like no tomorrow um so this episode not only kind of invokes Twiki Toaster, but also invokes other episodes of Red Dwarf, including, for me anyway, um, Hollish, not Hollowship, um, what do you call it? Uh, quarantine. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to get that. It's very quarantine like, um, because, it, well, we'll go along and we'll tell you, tell you exactly why. Um, and, and and that's why I like it. I like it when they go in it and discover things because if you're on a spaceship and then three hundred years into space, you're going to come across things you've never seen before yeah. all the time. Yeah, you think so? Space is quite big. Yeah, and you don't just want to kind of be there to to kind of like just laze around and just just play. Yeah. I don't know, PlayStation or whatever, all, all the time. You want to kind of go out there and discover new things. Explore. And, exactly. Um, and this is kind of like a more of an exploration episode, where once again for probably the sixth time this series and the and the 40th time in red dwarf so far uh they encountered an abandoned ship and of course there's going to be loads of abandoned ships around because everyone's dead mostly uh this ship's called leviathan um which they defined and it's buried uh on a another kind of planetoid but it's covered in ice so it's a bit like uh the where they crash land in um marooned 
Yeah. I don't remember if you know, if you remember what the kind of revelation was in, in Marooned from the book. No, I don't remember. That that planet was actually the Earth. Earth, yeah, yeah, vaguely, yeah. yeah. Which I'm not sure it's part of the continuity of this series, live action series of Red Dwarf, but anyway. Um, this reminded me of that, it was the Leviathan. Yeah. Also reminded me of when they were going to go and get the, the luck viruses, etc. Um, on um, in quarantine, where the planet is covered in ice, yeah, and, and they go and they find twisted up bodies like they have in almost every other episode of Red Dwarf, where they they go into a planet and there's dead bodies all twisted into various different shapes. And in the new series, did was, was it me and you that went to an episode where they find um, uh, like twisted up dead bodies? No, maybe that was another time I went. But they find the frozen body, like Professor Nordstrom from... Is that, is that a name from um, um, Quarantine? Let's go with yes. Yeah. <laughs> they find the frozen body of a survivor, Caroline Carmen, and instantly Lister wants to kind of rub it into into Cassandra's face. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Make I'm, her jealous. I'm yeah. Carmen, yeah, me, me and her had a thing, you know. It was, it was, it was quite hot and heavy for, for a while. And Cassandra's not having any of it. She's like, I don't remember you two ever having a thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so intense. Um, but like... <laughs> And then, but it's too bad she's dead, otherwise she'd tell you all about it. And then Crichton's like, well, actually, there's some life signs. <laughs> and then this is straight to like, no, no, she tracks wouldn't, massively. She remember me, yeah. I remember when I, um, I worked with someone, I worked, this is ages ago, I worked with someone who um, used to talk about this girl that he was, I think, I'm not going to say the girl's name, um, this girl who he kind of got with. He used to tell us about, oh yeah, and there's this girl I got with and blah, blah, blah. All these stories about her. And then she went for an interview at the same job. And I was no like, way. I hope she gets a job because we could ask her about all this. And she got the job. And instantly, as soon as she got the job, he was like, oh, okay. Oh, well, um, and then he backtracked on every really? story he ever told. He was like, yeah, well, actually, no, no, no we went on one date maybe. And then like, <laughs> and then we kind of just inside, I didn't really like her that much. And it was, oh my God, but you tell us all these stories. He was such a liar anyway and <laughs> um, that's what this reminded me of Caroline Carmen and I think what really happened was Lister probably just had a crush on her like he did with a lot of the girls on, on Red Dwarf yeah he probably just spoke to her yeah <laughs> sometimes that's all it takes for a guy to like yeah. a girl it's like oh wow she's really into me <laughs> um, she liked my tweet exactly it, do you guys think that I don't know you tell me you're a guy I, I don't really like people's tweets. No, we've, got, we've got established that. I only like tweets of uh, if it's about me or from me. <laughs> or my mum. I like. I would like a tweet from your mum, yeah, but definitely. Cause, but she's a former Smakehead's guest yeah. as well as your dad, yeah, so yeah. I, I will like their tweets. Um, I like your tweets. You do, you do, actually. You're pretty yeah, good. Thanks, exactly. Thanks. Guys out there, like like my tweets. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you've got this situation. that We've seen in other episodes of Red Dwarf where you have this um and you just know they're going to bring this foreign body aboard because that's what they do they bring on board and they try to kind of um thaw this body out uh but it's taken a while it's it just won't melt it just won't melt for some nope. reason yep um and what happens is it's when they're not looking when they least expect it it obviously melts it turns out not to be the beautiful carmen um caroline carmen that they that list described but you just see some scabby feet to start with, don't yeah, you? Yeah, scabby feet. And, and then you're like, okay. Towards, yeah. Okay. But then, like, this has happened a million times before. Yeah, it's been like, a monster. What, what did I expect? Yeah. Like, it's been a few years. But at least this is actually Caroline Carmen. Girl's not going to be at her best, is she? No, no. She's not, she's not like, quite fresh and, and ready. Um, 
So she's a mess. She's been infected by this epidemic virus. Uh, she's essentially a, cor- a walking corpse. Um, I mean, the special effects here are a little bit strange because it kind of they kind of looks like it's like cornflakes on her face. Yeah. You can tell underneath it. She. I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. It's a bit. It's a, it's a bit weird. But then um, you have this whole kind of like French farce scene where this kind of like <laughs> new <laughs> yeah. monster crawls into Lister's bed. And it's like. Oh, yeah. Kuchansky. Yeah, he says, well, well, well. It's a turn up for the books, isn't it? Yeah. I like that that's his go-to. Like, so if somebody going to bed with me, I would check who it was. I wouldn't just assume. Well, it depends if your boyfriend was there or not. If you were at home no, by yourself. Still, still, there's like a few other people on the ship. There's this dead body that they've just brought, this body that they know is alive they've just brought in. There's it- Crichton and this cat. So I wouldn't automatically okay. assume. Well, you can. You, 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 well, you know it's not cat because cat would rather yeah. not do that. Yeah. Um, and you would tell it was it was a robot straight away. Yeah. So you, you'd think it's Kachansky. But you know that there's some woman that's been brought on that's alive. Yeah, but you know it, she was covered in ice and. But yeah, no, you are right. You, you would. Check. You, you would check. check. But I think Alistair was too caught. He was half asleep as well. He was too caught up in his own fantasy. He's actually probably thinking about um, Rimmer the whole time anyway. Um, so he, he was uh, he was very much enjoying himself, and uh, she was kind of um, making him Did quite. You notice excited. he was wearing his little romper suit again in bed. Yeah, which makes me think I want that romper suit. <laughs> it's quite nice. But it's funny how clean that romper suit is, and you'd think it'd be all stained. Have you seen like his other no, clothes? No, I reckon Crichton like washes it and irons it quite yeah. regularly. Yeah. Do you think that's uh, JMC uh, regulation onesies? Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like this this monster that's that Carmen that Carolyn Carmen's turned into is now rubbing herself up against Lister, yeah. not to make him arouse, but to essentially pass on the epidemic virus. But yeah. we don't know that just yeah. yet. So um, this the French fast element of it is um, he hears Crichton come in, so he's like, quick, 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 Chrissy, get in, get in the in the shower, and uh, obviously you know she doesn't like showers, so pushes puts the um, duvet over her head, pushes Caroline Carmen into the shower, uh, doesn't take one look at her, just closes the door, and Crichton's like, hello sir, um, time to clean up, I want to do some spring cleaning. Yeah, do some dusting at two a.m. Like, yeah. had he been like waiting outside the room and listening? Because he would have seen Caroline Carmen go in. Like, how is he? I think he must have something on in Lister's room. Maybe there's. That's some sensors. so creepy. It is a bit creepy, yeah. But he's there to protect Lister, so I can kind kind of see it. Well, he didn't do a very good job, though. No. <laughs> so, and again, I mean, you could foresee this happening, foreshadow this happening, like, easily. Um, Crichton's there just blaming him, saying, I know you've got her in here, and he's pretend- He's looking under the bed, he's looking in the cupboard, and just before he gets into the shower, um, Lister's like, no, Crichton, no, like I like you better than her, etc. Um, and Crichton's whining, you don't like her better than me, sir. Um, Such a whiner. Yeah, I mean, I don't like these bits. Doesn't bring out the best in him. Really doesn't. But then um, to everyone's, uh, like, jolly... Here comes Kristin Kachansky, like half asleep, coming in. Guys, what are you shouting about? And Crichton's like, What do you think I'm shouting about? He's got Kristin Kachansky in his shower, and then kind of realizes that's her. 
and then he, he profusely apologizes and gets back to well he activates shame mode gets out of the room and uh lister is like how did you do that chrissy how did you get from the shower into here and then starts unbuttoning her thing and she's half asleep still so she doesn't realize what he's doing and he gets about halfway down her 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 dress or whatever or her night clothes and she's like what what the hell are you doing i wouldn't touch you if you're the last man on earth and he's like what and then suddenly Caroline she ends up punching him yeah which is quite <laughs> forgot that she does quite um, an exaggeration I mean come on he was like molesting her not molesting her well he, he was, was like undressing her but I don't well, think she needed to punch him come on if someone just started randomly undressing you and said come on come on you'd, you'd punch them too come on no I've never punched anyone in my life but no one's ever charged to that you without you <laughs> wanting them to um so yeah so she punches him and then uh out from the shower comes Caroline I was going to just wanted to say Caroline Quentin but that because, that would be scary I mean she does look a little bit like her no I'm joking oh you're um, savage in this episode <laughs> I just watched the first episode of Jonathan Creek the other day and yeah um, Caroline Carmen comes running out in the shower tries to choke Lister out um, she basically puts her face right in his face and like he comes away with part of her lip and her ear comes off and all kinds of absolutely horrible things happen and then um, she exchanges bodily fluids, which is enough to kind of transfer the epidemic virus. And Karain comes in and is like, what is going on? And then uh, he realises no life signs there anymore. And the life signs have moved on. Obviously, that's when Lister faints and, and becomes ill. Which is where the kind of episode kind of kicks off. And uh, Crichton links up Lister to the epidemic. Um, sorry, to the Medi scanner thing, which we see a little bit more of in the more newer series. Um, and you see the visual representation, the kind of um, graphic user interface of the virus. And here comes Epidine, and it's basically Talky Toaster in virus mode. Yeah. Like, yeah, if it, I mean, if it wouldn't be out of place if it asked if it wanted any toast. No. Um, I would kill for some toast now. I know I just had some. I covered it in olive oil for some reason. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah I did. Weird. You're very Mediterranean yeah. with you. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm having tomatoes on the vine and oil on my toast. Weird. Um, so uh, Lister is basically on death's door. Um, they've only got a certain amount of time for him to live. Uh, Crichton suddenly knows everything about this virus. And essentially this virus will uh, take all of the knowledge out of, of its victim and then kills the victim and then re- re- resurrects it as a zombie that goes on and go- bites the next person and then that person. And, and the cycle continues. And this is how virus continues to, to thrive. Now, there was an interesting conversation that was had in this episode that I quite liked. Yeah. And that was, is this virus bad or not? Is this virus bad? Because it's an anti-nicotine virus. No, the fact that they explained, like, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to kill a living life? And oh, okay, yeah. And the, virus the whole the like, thing, like, you ate chicken. You ate chicken, that yeah. was a living life. That chicken died so he could live. And what's isn't that just what the virus is doing? What, what do you think about that? Now you're a newly formed vegetarian. <laughs> what's your views um, on on I, killing life yeah. for you to survive? It's a difficult one. I like the cannibal question again. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it depends on the individual and their survival instincts. Mm-hmm. If, um, if I had options, obviously I've chosen not to eat meat yeah. from now on. 
Um, Why is that so, again? I don't know. I just think... Okay. I just, you just saw me doing anything else cool. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, it's just a sort of conscientious sort of choice that I made to try and... I mean, I love but animals. Why? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's why. So I do feel guilty. I mean, I, okay. they are delicious. But I do feel a little bit guilty eating them. And I think yeah. it's better for the earth and the environment if people eat less meat anyway. Yeah. I mean, so, I've never been preaching because I'm not preachy about I'm, it. I'm no not, one really knows I'm no, a vegetarian. No, I'm not going to, like, never eat meat again. But I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow myself to if I want to. But at the moment, I don't want to. Limit it to Christmas and holidays and, and you'll be all right. Yeah, I think probably I'll, I'd still have turkey at Christmas, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, it's, I think it's a good, a good um, kind of argument to bring up. Like, why should, why should Lister be any different than a than a chicken or a lobster or anything? Lister eats meat. Lister has animals that are killed. I guess it's the whole like free will, being able to communicate. You know, the animals can communicate. Not with us. But why? Why does it matter? I don't they can know. Communicate I don't know. I'm just saying. I think these are arguments that people would make, and it's not necessarily my arguments. Yeah. Like pigs are like mega intelligent. They're, yeah. But we kill them and we eat them. Yeah. So why is it any worse that the virus is using the sustenance of Lister's life in order to survive? But as they say, like there's not much knowledge to get out of him because they say, well, I've been able to open a lager bottle with your anus. <laughs> I thought that was quite quite. Um, uh, that's quite a good skill, actually. <laughs> it is quite a good skill. <laughs> There's a lot of talent. I was thinking, would it be sharp? But then I was thinking, that's a little bit crass and crude for Red Dwarf. I mean, is it one of those, like, in America, you get screw-top ones? A lot of them are screw-tops, yeah. because, yeah. like, in England, I'm, I imagine that would be... Yeah, that's, you, a, you that's tough. You would need, like, a hard bit to, in order to, like, le- leverage it off. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's a talent. It's a big talent. Um, so, yeah, that kind of made me think, okay, so the virus epidemic, which is the name that was given, isn't actually a bad guy. It's just trying to survive. It's yeah. not actually a bad guy. Yeah. Um, so um, it may, kind of, like, made me put this into a different light. So they're able to speak to this virus through the univer- Universal Translator, which is used in every sci-fi TV show ever, like a babblefish type thing. Um and uh, they, they come up with a plan in order to kind of get rid of, of this virus, uh, and that is to manipulate the virus to go into one part of this body, and they determine that the left hand is the least used. Put it into his left arm, chop, chop that the left hand off um, so it's trapped in that left hand, and then flush it out to space. Yeah, sounds like a solid sounds plan. Sounds like a good plan, yeah. yeah. But when they try and do that... Um, the virus isn't playing ball and kind of moves across to his right arm, which he uses to do everything, which he uses to, to play the guitar, amongst other things. Um, and they're like, we haven't got much time. We need to do it now. So they cut off his hand. It's not enough. They cut off the wrist and they go up the arm until, the whole, until most of the whole arm's gone out the elbow, um, which I think is hilarious. And and uh, Kat said he'd never, he'll never eat... Chicken wings again, was it? Chicken something again, yeah. Um yeah, and I think this was actually quite gory. Even watching it now, I'm like, oh, this is quite quite gory, because um, you see like the slabs of meat coming off off it and being thrown into the into the medical kind of bucket. And um, Lister wakes up and looks to his left arm um, and sees it's still there. Yeah, it has a big like sigh of relief. Yeah, a like, few. And then uh, because he thinks, okay, they didn't need to do that in the end. And looks over his right arm, and it's completely missing. And he, and he obviously goes bats made crazy. Um, 
and I thought it was just really funny and like now you just kind of think as a Red Dwarf viewer you just think okay it's just going to be listed from now on are they going to just have a one-armed lister from now, from yeah, now on yeah. which is awkward for the actor just to forever tie his hand behind his back um, and I think I think it's great that they kind of really kind of ham this up and play this up especially like cutting off the arm in sections so it's kind of like stretch it out yeah Okay. Uh, um, I thought it was quite good. I didn't mind it. I just didn't find it particularly yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Lister's obviously he he's rightly kind of peeved that he doesn't have his arm anymore yet, and the the kind of clincher is the Epidine virus is still in his body, which is which which what's the point of of his arm coming off? And they do say, well, we have gained you fifty eight minutes, whatever. Um, fifty four, I think. Yeah, yeah. fifty four minutes. <laughs> and what's that good for? And Cat has the funny line, uh, half a juggling lesson, which I did actually laugh at quite did you? a lot. I thought okay, it was quite I funny. <laughs> they usually give Cat the like kind of like the payoff line, and um, they, he got me hook like hook line sinker here. Um. This is having a hard time dealing with this situation, so he um, basically wants to end it all, really. Um, so he he grabs some explosives, he and he gets off into a into the uh, well, he goes missing essentially from the from the Medi Bay, um, and uh, they kind of try and convince him not to go, but he's like he has to. So he takes these explosives, he straps it to himself, goes off into the escape pod, uh, it goes back down to the Leviathan, um, where they picked up the um, the virus stroke uh, Car- Caroline Carmen in the first place. And um, he basically plugs himself in the computer and has another conversation with Epidine, uh, Epidine about... Uh, about his kind of death and Epidem is isn't too happy that Lister is going to blow them up blown himself up will destroy forever yeah. the virus and this virus is, is really trying to kind of survive um, I guess yeah that's his natural instinct yeah like, like any kind of form of life survive at all costs um so um, basically we have uh, this situation um, with and then Epidine kind of gives a little bit away um, to yeah to Lister. sort of insinuates that the yeah. ship were onto something. Yeah, that they weren't kind of there for any re- for they were there for a specific reason. It wasn't like just chance. They were trying to go to a planet for some reason. Uh, I think Delta uh, Delta Seven, where there's a research base or something. Um, anyway, they needed to get there and um, Crichton has a one-on-one conversation with Epidine and says okay now it's almost over and I've got nothing wrong with you. you you don't like me sorry we've got nothing no beef with each other so you might as well answer a couple of questions now and goes in with the kind of lowball question which is um, uh, what's, what's the question the first question you asked Epidine just something really, really simple. Yeah, oh gosh, I can't remember, I can't what, remember it what it is. But it's, it's the kind of trick you use when you're interviewing like a celebrity or something, which I'm going to do. With Ease them in, lure them into yeah. a full sense of security. Exactly, ask them a real stupid one, like, what's your favourite colour? Just so they think, oh, yeah, well, blah, 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 blah. Or what did you think of the World Cup or something? Something easy like that. And then you go, okay, but then what about that time you got accused of doing that? And then it completely like throws them and they feel like they should answer. This is kind of what Crichton does here. Goes in with an easy question and then suddenly goes, how can we modify Starbucks to make it faster? And he goes, well, you do this. And there's a big, long kind of uh, scientific explanation. And um, Lister's, well, because Lister's back on Starbucks at that point. Uh, Lister's like, well, uh, sucks to be you because like you've just told us how to get to uh, this planet 
that uh, the Epidine first kind of out, had an outbreak on or whatever. Um, so we're going to go there and yeah, we'll be able to reach it there seems now. seems that there must be a cure there. Well, that's the kind of insinuation. But this 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 uh, virus isn't uh, this isn't his first rodeo essentially. So um, they're both. And he, and he keeps taunt, taunting Kachansky, saying Kachansky's going to be next. I can't wait till you wake up as a zombie and then get Kachansky, and then I'll be in Kachansky. Blah 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 blah. And then they kind of realise that this planet that they were trying to get to is already scorched earth. Um, like they basically scorched the entire planet in order to try and get rid of Epidine, but he managed to escape on a scientific officer's body or whatever. So they basically destroy this planet for no reason. So they feel like they've been played, but Kachansky, and this is the first time we see Kachansky actually use It's useful. Yeah, and she uses her officer kind of training and skills to kind of outsmart this virus. So uh, it's quite good. So she goes off for a second. She comes back looking quite strange and and just, and just and it's just like, okay, we need to stop Dave's heart. And they're like, and, they, and Lister's like, you want to stop my heart in order to save me? And she's like, yeah, trust me. So they do that, and then obviously that instigates um, an action in Epidine to go do something, and that is to jump into Kachansky's body because she hovers her hand right next to Lissa's mouth. Yeah, and, and they're like, "Whoa, careful, her. Kachansky!" And he bites her, and then she connects she connects Epi- Epi- her hand back up to the machine, and Epidine's in there, and he's like, "Ha ha ha! I told you I'd get you eventually." Uh, and then she cuts off her arm basically, and they can't believe it. Um, but that arm was was a dead body's arm it yeah, wasn't it was, it was Caroline Carmen's arm um, so it never actually went to Kristin Kachansky went into a basically into a dead body so that's kind of the end it's of Epidem yeah but then it's to be continued well they, to get flushed out into space the um, Epidem I feel like the, the body parts got flushed out into, into space is that right? I don't remember something happened with the arm I feel, I feel like it went into space um but the uh, now that the the virus the list is virus free, he but with still without the arm, Kachansky gives him a kiss on the head and crying straight in there, going, oh, and cleans him cleans up. his yeah. head, um, and that's a weird way to end episode. I can't remember did this episode it yeah, had laughter, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 and okay. yeah, and then it was TV continued, yeah, which is re- quite strange because it didn't end on a cliffhanger. Well, I think the continued and so far his arm's not there. Yeah, but that's not really a cliffhanger, is it? He would find it hard to hang on a cliff with just one arm, um, but yeah, I think that's that's it with having one arm. It, it isn't resolved, so they had to kind of like make it a two-parter almost. Um, this episode in general, I did quite like. Um, I thought it was okay. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. Okay. Um, some facts about this episode: um, it's the first episode where Kachansky actually you see Kachansky give Lister a kiss. So all the times. Okay. The Claire Grogan episodes. I don't think she ever kissed him, um, and and yeah, and and also we have to remember the fact that now Starbug is three hundred percent faster. Yeah. So I wonder That's if this good. take comes into account because it was pretty fast anyway. But maybe now he can catch up to Red Dwarf in theory. Yeah. Maybe it can. We'll soon see. Um, and uh, and yeah, I thought that the. The, the use of Kachansky in this episode was much better than the previous episodes. It was like they yeah. thought about it now. Yeah, that's true. She was a lot less annoying in this. Cat was almost missing. Yeah, as he has been most of this series, to be yeah, honest. that's a real shame. I guess he was used more as the pilot, and because they're not... They don't really go anywhere anymore. He hasn't really had any use, but... Um, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of weird. Um... 
but there's there is a lot of things in this episode to to, to like, um, and there's not much to hate compared to the other episode of this series. So I think this is definitely one of the standout episodes of the series. Okay. I prefer this one over the Pride and Prejudice one. Oh really? Episode. Oh yeah, no, sure. no, I prefer the Pride and Prejudice one. Yeah, I don't really like any episode that doesn't have Rimmer in it. To be quite honest, and yeah, for a non-Rimmer episode, I thought this did uh, a, a really cool job. Um, yeah. So I don't really have much to say more about this episode um, besides the fact that it's basically another talkie toaster episode. I would quite like Epidine to come back and for okay. him to be on their side. Oh, interesting. Because he seems to have a lot of knowledge. So maybe he could help them. Maybe that arm got shot out into space and they find it on a planetoid later on and it helps them escape somewhere. Possibly. That could be quite cool. Possibly. Um, or maybe there's a spin off series which is just with that arm in space. Um, I'd watch get it. Get up to adventures. I definitely would. Um, with the with the mini pony. Yeah, do you know what would? Oh, I know. It teams up with an alien, and the series would be called My Right Arm Man. Good one. That's pretty good. Pretty good. She's not laughing, guys. Um, <laughs> Canned laughter. <laughs> Imagine the Smegheads had had like the audience laughter put on afterwards. That'd be quite good. We, I think we need it. <laughs> You'd put them on after all your jokes and just leave mine like just, just, silence. Just, just, uh, yeah, just tumbleweed. Um, but yeah, the uh, I think I thought this was a, a decent episode. So I don't know where it fits into the kind of uh, Smakehead charts just yet. But we'll, we'll find out next episode. Next episode, guys out there, if you like this episode, please let us know. Uh, if you hated it, please let us know why. I thought this was all right uh, for series seven wise. Anyway, uh, let us know what you think on Twitter, Daniela. How can they contact you? At Daniela with one L Phillips. And you can contact me at Jed Shepherd on Twitter, which is J E D S H E P H E R D that's my name um, and uh, you can see us next week where we have the or fin- hear us yeah but I'm sure people stare at pictures of us on Twitter do while they, they listen to this I'm sure they do do, do they okay yeah I stare at pictures of us while I listen to this okay yeah. that's nice um, yes yeah, the finale but, but guys hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> but trust us we won't wait so long for, for series 8 don't worry that's what we said last time we, we, that's what we said last Jed. time it's both of us have been lax but come on, they've, they've just got a whole series out of them yeah. Eight episodes, yeah. not six guys, eight, eight. episodes. Um, we've we've bled, bled ourselves dry for this. Oh God, we really have. Okay, we've still got one left though, we might die before <laughs> I that. I know, I know. Who knows? Okay guys, uh, we'll see you next week for another episode of Smegheads. Uh, see you later Smegheads. Bye. Bye. Bye.